You're listening to the Yoga Inspiration Podcast with me, your host, Kino McGregor. I created this series to keep you inspired to get on the mat every day so that you can practice yoga and change your world, starting from the inside out, one breath at a time. Thanks so much for listening. Your support means everything to me. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. And you? Yeah, I'm good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, perfect. And you, me? Yeah, I can hear you pretty well too. Super. Because I don't have my my computer, I just have my my iPhone with me, so <laughs> I, I hope think it's that'll okay. be fine. I yeah. think that the iPhone is pretty good. So yeah, well, I thought that we, since we're doing, you know, since we're doing the challenge this month, I thought we could just talk about, you know, kind of like what we, what we were talking about, about, uh, you know, just being long-term Ashtanga practitioners <laughs> and, you know, people know you from Instagram they might not realize that you've been practicing for this long or no. that you have a whole other life off of Instagram and this kind of thing. I think it could be fun to, to kind of talk about all of that. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really good. I think it's really good. It's nice that you want me in your pod. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Very nice, really. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I uh, I just been teaching all, you know, I've just been teaching and teaching and teaching. So I'm I'm good. Yeah. I'm a little oh. tired, but I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. It sounds like you're having a little vacation, which sounds nice. <laughs> I have such a vacation. I don't do anything, you know. <laughs> it's, <laughs> Like uh, the day just passed by and I suddenly it's afternoon and it's so nice just for a couple oh. of days and then we're back home again. So it's yeah. nice. Sounds <laughs> so good. Really soak up the time. Well, thanks for doing the podcast amidst your vacation. I appreciate it. Oh, it's nothing. It's okay. It's good. <laughs> okay, super. Well, I will do an intro after. So I'll just start off and then I'll yep. just say... Um, uh, you know, we'll just kind of do the intro and then I'll ask you to introduce yourself. So you can think about maybe how you want to introduce cool. yourself. You can, you know, you can just say, you know, I'm not, I've been practicing for this long. You probably know me on yeah. Instagram or something like that. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I think you will guide me anyway. So I just absolutely. Relax. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we just talk, we just talk as fellow friends in the Ashtanga yeah. path and yeah. see where it goes. And we'll probably talk for about, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes, something like that. Perfect. <laughs> okay super okay. well let's dive in let's get started yes. okay so yes. so yes. i'll just now i'll just say so now we know so we let the editors know that it's starting now so i'll yeah. say hi everyone and thanks for joining seek up the yoga inspiration show i'm really excited to have my good friend lata my fellow ashtangi here uh to join me for this uh, series this episode so lata hi nice to see you here Hello, Kino. Nice to be here with you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, my name is Lopa Sebsta. And uh, I've been doing, I've been practicing Ashtanga Yoga for like 23 years now. I have said 22 years for so long, so I think it's 23 years now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, time flies. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So many people may know you from the world of Instagram, you know? And so yeah. um, for the people who follow you on Instagram, 
do you get the sense that people who know you on social media understand like the depth and longevity of your practice? You've been at this for more than, you know, two decades and <laughs> that you really kind of, you know, it's a big part of your life. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Actually, I think because, because uh, when we started, we didn't have any social media or anything. It was not even a camera in the shala when you did your practice. It was like forbidden. <laughs> so no, I think, I think many out there on Instagram uh, doesn't know what I'm doing if I'm not at my mat because uh, there is a long day ahead after the practice. So, and people think that I just do my practice and nothing else. <laughs> but you know, we have a life outside. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, yes, I am actually as well a hairdresser full time. I have my own shop with a friend and we have had it for 10 years. And before that, we had another shop. So I'm a hairdresser since 35 years back. Oof. <laughs> but uh, as well, I was uh, I have been teaching. I've been teaching Ashtanga uh, Yoga. I, I lose the the number of years but i think it, i can count back like 15 years maybe more than mm -hmm. 15 years with some break here and there because um, i stopped teaching when i uh, we built the the new place that is not so new now my the salon <laughs> the, the shop <laughs> that is uh -huh. 10 years now so i stopped teaching because i needed to get more time there so and I then yeah, and then Instagram came into my life, and uh, then I started to teach a lot again, and it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, both both worlds are great worlds. Yeah, it's it's really mm -hmm. good. Do you see any um, a difference in the yoga community from, say, now in this world where we all connect online and? You know, you're in, in Scandinavia and have started, you know, with some very traditional teachers in, yeah. uh, in a, a, a sort of smaller kind of close-knit community. And now the yoga community is just kind of, you know, connected online yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. So what, like, what differences and what similarities do you kind of notice being this long-term practitioner? <laughs> I, think it, I think the first uh, word comes into my mind. It is that it goes so fast, everything. Nowadays, before when we started, when you and I started, I think mm -hmm. it was the same for you. <laughs> and yeah. we, it took time. We we had we needed we we not needed. What should I say? We uh, you know we had to wait for our asanas to come and the teacher to tell us you are ready for the next asana. And uh, we didn't look at the YouTube or Instagram and thought yeah. this asana I want to try <laughs> it was like, I had to wait for my turn to to get that asana yes. and deserve it because because and and that was the way and now it goes a little bit quicker I think and for I think some sometimes uh, I feel like oh my god take it easy with your practice when I see people do things that we we don't do until we are in third series or uh, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, or never mm -hmm. do. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, to think about that, that we started yoga, you know, more than 20 years ago, 
before there was YouTube, before there yeah. was Instagram. So it's like, yeah. I remember hearing legends about what the third series was or what the yeah. fourth series was, yeah. but I never knew what it was, you know? No. The first time that I saw a third series was my first trip to India when yeah. I was sitting on the steps to watch the group of practitioners that were before me. And I saw actually three people uh, doing the third series and it was the first time I ever saw it in my life and it just took my breath away and there was no yeah. video to watch and there was no <laughs> book to read about it. It was just, wow. Yeah. And I guess one day when I'm ready, my teacher will tell me, but you know, yeah. I didn't dare to try anything on my own. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> No, we didn't even try, you know, and we didn't even know what the name was of the asana because we we got the asana and the name. (laughs) That's it. So it was it was was amazing. It was like Mm -hmm. it was great time that Mm -hmm. back then, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. But also it's very inspiring to see all the YouTube things and, you know, (laughs) the the Instagram and uh, it's so it is really inspiring to see all the people who wants to do, to practice yoga and, and all the um, excitement around it. It is so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. And I think there is something about, something about, you could say the democratizing of the access to the teachings yeah. that I yeah. think is very, you know, very beneficial because not everybody has the, you know, time privilege, economic privilege to be able to, no. you know, go to class and find this traditional yeah. teacher and build the relationship, but yeah. people can go on YouTube and find yeah. the free practice. And so that's yeah. really, really wonderful. And at the same time, I am really grateful that I, you know, started so long ago before the, you know, the everything, everything yeah. was online to have yeah. kind of both experiences, I think is adds, adds a big amount, a big amount of depth. What, yeah. if you had to say, if you had to give a piece of advice to anybody who has really only experienced yoga in our very, very recent contemporary age, and maybe their first teacher was someone on Instagram and a YouTube video, and maybe they've only just started going to class and seeing it, you know, or maybe they've never even been to class. What advice would you have to someone in this position? Oh, I think, I think it is that you should find your teacher uh, nearby that you trust and have the knowledge uh, and have been practicing for quite a long time and have a good teacher before that, you know. So, <laughs> you know, it is a, you know, it is a good teacher practicing Ashtanga and can teach the Ashtanga Yoga method and the, and the history behind it because it's so much, it's so much to know, so much to, so much knowledge behind just the Ashtanga Yoga. It's, it's, not about asanas it's more than that <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so i think i think it's a good advice is to find a teacher you can re- you can trust and keep to that teacher and then you can do if if you are far away from a shala try to go to the shala maybe once a month for two or three days so you have someone that can help you with something because it is not so easy to do it by yourself always it is great with all the the youtube channels and instagram videos it is amazing and you can really learn a lot but it is also very good to have a 
a real life teacher as well. I think Absolutely. you can come very, you can come very far with the with the videos we can see at Instagram and YouTube and the, the apps we can uh, what is say that we can connect to. It is uh, there you find the good teachers too, like in your, like Omstars. <laughs> you know, I, I believe as well, I believe as well, if you're really curious, you will find your way. You will mm-hmm. read about it and you will find the books, you will find, you will find you, Kino, and the, the students will find other teachers that are certified uh, or authorized or what, whatever and mm-hmm. they will search for the right teacher i think so yeah because i i think because my teacher back then ages ago she didn't talk so much about uh the history the all the things that comes with ashtanga yoga she let us uh, search for it ourselves and then she could she could answer me when I was asking something, of course, but she didn't push it to me. But I was curious, so I started to read. So I think mm-hmm. all students that uh, find the find it like we do, we we love Ashtanga Yoga, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love it so much. Oh my god! <laughs> I think <laughs> when you <laughs> when you love it so much, you will you will be curious and you will find the the right books, the right way, and follow that path. Don't you think mm-hmm. so? Oh, absolutely. I love that notion that when, when the spark is lit within the student, that yeah. they kind of follow that. And it's the student's curiosity that kind of opens yeah. the path to them yeah. finding a deeper relationship with the teacher and the method. And that, yeah. you know, I think, I think that's also an, an interesting conversation in our, or an interesting note in our kind of contemporary age where we talk a lot about updating the, you know, the model of the teacher-student relationship to really yeah. even reflect on that it really is the student's journey that is yeah. so so cru- so critical and so crucial to the success of you know of our yoga practice because yeah. you know the, the teacher they can be there you know saying right. whatever they're saying and doing yeah. what they're doing holding yeah. the space in their shala but it's up to that student to go and seek them out and say yeah. okay I want to to show up it takes a lot yeah. for the student to, show. to yes yeah I mean, get out of bed in the morning and drag yourself over <laughs> to the shala or if you don't live near your teacher, take an airplane and find an accommodation yeah. and then get up yeah. and practice and then do the yeah. practice. It's a, it's a lot. So I think, yeah. it's, I think it's a very useful kind of reminder about the importance of that spark of the curious student, you know? Yes. So, yes. And, and that we have to have faith in that. You know, we have to have faith that, yeah. that, the, that the students who, are, who, who have that spark lit within them, that they're going to continue seeking and they're going to continue on the path. So I really, yeah. really love that. Yeah. It's so important that, that uh, the, uh, I don't know how to say it, but that, that the, the, the curiosity continues and the, the fire within you know it is uh, mm-hmm. i was listening to your your last podcast about um, the responsibility what it was it mm, of the student yeah, yeah the responsibility oh. of the students yeah. yeah it was really nice and that is exactly i i agree totally agree <laughs> 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 it was amazing to listen to
Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, but uh, there are some people now who start to say, oh, Ashtanga yoga, it's only for young people. And, oh, it wasn't designed for the woman's body, this sort of thing. But uh, maybe maybe <laughs> we have something else to say about that. So what, yes, do, you, what do you say when people bring that up to you? <laughs> yeah, I, the most common... Um, most common uh, word I have on my Instagram is that, uh, oh, I want to be like you when I'm old, they say. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, I love that. I really love that because that makes me also want to continue to share my practice on Instagram because I can Mm -hmm. see that people, young people might think that we need to stop practicing when we are over 50 or even 40 or mm-hmm. let's say even earlier because they think we are almost dead you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually I was uh, when I was 45 I was uh, thinking do I need to you know uh, tr- do, I, do I need to stop practicing advanced asanas now when I'm older uh, mm-hmm. and then I I met a friend and he said, no, no, it's only up to you. It's in your mind. You can do whatever you want as long as you love it, you know. So yeah. I continued. And I think, I think it is if we, if we have the love and if we have the, um, you know, we need to do, we need to come back to the mat every day because it doesn't stay as it is for just doing nothing, you know, we need to practice and we need to do this every day regularly. And I think we can continue, I hope, until I'm 90. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would say to younger people that practice where you are and continue as long as you want. And, and you, will, you will be fine when you are 80. And you, as my teacher actually said, one of my teachers said a long time ago, well, we will be able to come into the bathtub anyway when we are 80. So that is that is also a good a good measurement that we we will be able to climb into the bathtub when we are 80 uh-huh. without uh-huh. Some, you know. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we want exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I my my mom has a has an elderly friend uh, that she's yeah. uh, kind of caring for right now and that the, the, this friend of hers has a, has a bathtub in her house, and she has to she yeah. has to change her bathtubs to walk in showers because yeah. she cannot get up and down <laughs> from the bath. So that's exactly. actually something very very small. And you know, it's this question of okay, you know, does it really matter whether you do advanced practice or not? No, that's not the question. It's that hey, yoga is a part of my life, and like any yeah. relationship. I'm going to continue yeah. that relationship for as long as it continues to serve me. And, yes. you know, I talk to some people that say, oh, I, you know, you should, advanced postures are bad. And I kind of feel like making these blanket statements doesn't leave room for the, for the individual experience of the practice. And I feel no, like no. anybody can overdo it no matter what age you are. So I feel like hey, it's that- not necessarily about you know, advanced poses are bad for women or elderly people or this group or that group. It's like, no, no. hey, we want to listen to our bodies and some yeah. people are going to feel really good doing those asanas and other people are not. So yeah. there's many ways to make the practice adjustable and it, that almost doesn't matter what age you are. You know, you can be 20 years old and try to do some postures from third or fourth series and it can feel really bad. 
or you could be, you know, a grandma and doing advanced poses and feeling really, (laughs) really good. (laughs) Yes. And also what what is very good with being in this age, it is that we have so many years behind, so we know where our limits are and we don't need to push ourselves too much because we know it's Mm -hmm. a day tomorrow as well. We have more confidence in our our life, like regular life as well. So it is is easier to take the practice uh, not so hard to yourself, not to be Mm -hmm. too hard to yourself, even if I am hard to myself because... Uh, sometimes but that is my journey and I need to to work on that and that is also what is exciting that it is still a journey and I love that about it so I think I think uh, we can do we can do difficult asanas we can do uh, easy asanas and we still enjoy it very much (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah how how old were you when you first started the Shanga practice uh, I was, uh, my son, uh, my son was two, I think. So it was 99. I was like 20, uh-huh. I was 30, 31, 32, uh-huh. 31, 30. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So I yeah. was quite, or, or, or yeah, I think it was like that. 99. Mm-hmm. Yes, 33 maybe I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Never mind still. I am 55 today and uh-huh. uh, if I think back uh, of those uh, the the first years it was uh, as you said you you saw the ones who did third and fourth series and you didn't know what they did and it was like wow you want to do that. I was I know the first time I went to a Mysore classroom with with students that did uh, uh, Kurmasana, and I was like, oh my god, how can they do that? You know, and they only did uh, uh, not only, but they did primary series in that because it was an evening class. I didn't have time to go in the morning, mm-hmm. so I did an evening class back then, and uh, it was so amazing to see. Supta Kurmasana. <laughs> that's a difficult posture. Yeah. yeah that's a pretty amazing is. asana. Yeah. yeah. Super challenging. And if you haven't done yoga before, or done Ashtanga before, it's like, wow, are the legs yeah. going behind the head? What's happening? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just holding um, themselves yeah. forward and all kinds of crazy things. Definitely. Yeah. I, I yeah. had also a similar experience in my first Mysore class. And not Supta Kurmasana, but I walked in and I saw someone in Dvipada, Shirshasana, with yeah. both legs behind the head. And I just thought, oh my goodness, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But and it's so it's so nice to see all the mixture in the Mysore classroom as well. You know, when they everybody is doing their own thing and you just float with the with the energy. And that is what I love about going into a shala. Don't you think yeah. so? Oh, absolutely. I think the, the Mysore style method is just really a special way to practice because it really does make space for all different levels. So yeah. if you have a really skilled teacher, you can have a teacher that is working with someone in the in what we call, you know, the third, fourth series. And at yeah. the same time, the teacher, if they're very skilled, could be working with someone in an adaptive, accessible version oh, yeah. of the Ashtanga practice. So there could be someone with a chair uh, working with, the, you know, a prop-assisted version of the series next to someone doing 
you know, third series next to someone doing, you know, just the working jump backs and jump throughs in primary series. And as long as the teacher really values each student uh, in, you know, equally and individually and gives attention to each student, then the atmosphere Mm -hmm. of the room can just be really, really supportive for all different levels and can Mm -hmm. be welcoming for, you know, different ages and levels of physical ability. So I think that's Mm. really what can be so magical about the, you know, the Mysore room. But that that requires, I think, the teacher being really, really welcoming to all the different levels, you know. There, there of course, is the, you know, the temptation on the part of the teacher to get attracted to, you know, oh, there's, let me go help that, only the advanced students. And then the the Uh. beginners feel left out. And so I think it's the teacher's responsibility to create that kind of, like, welcoming inclusive Mm. atmosphere yeah of course really that is really important otherwise the the beginners will run away from there and feel like they don't Mm -hmm. don't feel at home or welcomed so it is Mm -hmm. so important for all students to be to be welcome I think I think I was lucky there I I feel like in my journey I didn't see anything else so it was it was good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that is yeah. what I try to to uh, to do by m- myself when I teach to see all the students because I love new I love beginners I love to help them and encourage them so they feel curious as well and want to do the practice tomorrow and don't be sad that it hurts or you know because yeah. it hurts <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, should feel, you should feel something every day you know oh in absolutely <laughs> yeah so this is, so this is a question people often ask me after all these years do you still get sore oh yes every day <laughs> <laughs> otherwise I think I've been sore for like 23 years so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a funny expression about that um uh Tim's Tim's first teacher, Lino, uh, my husband, yeah. Tim, he, his first teacher, uh, Lino said to him uh, when he first started practicing, he said, they say in Ashtanga yoga, pain comes and goes. But he said, but, he said, but for me, until now, it only comes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. But, but, you know, of course, we should say that we're not, you know, we're talking about the healthy soreness that you get oh, from yeah. just, you know, working the muscles and these sorts yeah. of things. and. You know, not um, not not the kind of pain that leads to injury. I feel like we can avoid that. Right. And, yeah, yes. you yeah. know, good pain, and uh, mm-hmm. and it is good pain. It shouldn't be bad pain, of course. And it's right. like sore, sore muscles are the best muscles <laughs> because they are <laughs> awake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I, me too. I still get sore. You know, I yeah. um, I, I I find some new way to approach my back bend, and then I feel my back muscles or I work my strength a little bit harder or something like that. And then I get a new soreness or I just, yeah. I just for, you know, we, and we have these kind of ups and downs. I mean, at least I do in my practice where I'm kind of, you know, bopping along and then suddenly mm. something inspires me. And then I just up yeah. my, you know, yeah. attention a little bit. And then I get yeah. sore from that. So I'm like, oh, I just, I try it a little harder in <laughs> practice, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah, or you go to class and you get some adjustments and then, you know, then, oh, okay, I got, you know, a little sore from that. So I think it's, it's all part of the process and we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be afraid of that little no, healthy no. soreness. That's like evidence no. that we've worked the body. Yes, definitely. It's always like that when you have been doing a workshop for a weekend with a 
Like when when you were here in Stockholm, I could feel a few days after. <laughs> I could feel my muscles working in a different way. It is all, and and still it was like two days of primary series. And you know when you are in a classroom full of yogis, you do a little bit extra. Maybe you Very you true. you work a little bit more that here and there, and you can feel it mm. the day after. And, no, uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it's like my teacher, she always said when I had pain somewhere in the beginning, she said, oh, something is opening up. It's nothing. So mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. if you have if you have stiffness or something, it's something that is opening up. That was her words, but, you know, yeah. you have to be careful too, of course. But there yes. is some, some, some shifts and changes that happen, yes. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, I think, I think if we can learn to just be reasonable and say, okay, there's that little shifts and changes, like growing pain. So this is, this yeah. is normal. This is something opening up. And then we have yeah. to be, you know, the practice asks us to be discriminating and to be mm-hmm. able to determine, okay, mm-hmm. well, this is a pain that's not something opening. This is a pain that's like, you know, going to lead to an injury. So let me back off. You know, for oh, a while, yes. it gets to... You know, know the body. Have you had any big like injuries in your practice that you've had to work through and heal? Uh, I had uh, my biggest injury was like uh, when I started practicing. I did my, I tore my hamstring, and oh, wow. uh, and it was in Upavista Konasana. <laughs> that is and a really common place. Yes, yeah. I I realize that now. <laughs> but, <laughs> And I wanted a little bit too much, you know, in the beginning. So that was a very good lesson to me. I think all injuries teach you something more about yourself. So I, I did my practice still. I did it. I, I modified all the forward folds, but I didn't stop practicing, of course, Mm -hmm. because it didn't help me to not do anything because you need the, I believe that you need the blood circulation going around in in the body and to warm up the body and you can you can work with the muscles around it so you can yep. heal by that. Mm-hmm. And that is my biggest but then you know life comes in between and uh, uh, shoulders my work my profession like uh, as a hairdresser and uh, teaching as well that makes the body mm-hmm. sore too and you know you can definitely you can, you can really hurt yourself when you teach as well oh when yeah my, my yeah my biggest injuries have come from teaching yeah yeah i can mm-hmm. understand that because i did actually it uh, one year ago yeah last summer i was teaching i was adjusting in a drop back and i was really clumsy so i tore that hamstring again <laughs> oh your hamstring <laughs> wow okay and I was like oh. what I didn't learn anything so <laughs> wow so well it's I an was old a, injury you know yeah so, it can come so back. I was yeah. yeah I was adjusting a, a woman and yeah it it happened again but it was just toward so it was okay so mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. back on the mat two days after and you know, and nowadays you can use the blocks uh, to help yourself. I didn't do that 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's many more assistance now. Yeah, but that's, so that's interesting how, so for anybody listening, particularly Upavishta Konasana, this I've seen students yeah. injure themselves yeah. uh, very, very easily. And so I just really advise everyone in that particular posture, just don't push at no. all. 
no. and use some blocks if you need support yeah. for the chest. And if you feel any pressure in the hamstring, let go of mm. the feet and hold your ankles instead, yeah, you yeah. know, and just, you know, yeah. just don't push the body will open when it wants to open. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, uh, that is also what we, uh, what we can do with our practice when we feel something we can, we can try to think about that part of the body and try to protect it with like round your back a little bit more or, uh, you mm -hmm. know, push pelvic forward. You learn so much about yourself when you have those injuries. So mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, it is good with injuries, but it's really hard work. And but that is a yeah. part. Of it. So that's part of the it, practice. Yeah, learning to work through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and people might get <laughs> scared when they hear this, but it is good. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. You know, it's a it's a teacher, and I, I usually say that for every student who really wants to become a teacher of yoga, if yeah. they've never had a major injury that they've worked through then uh, it's almost like it's not it's, it's like they almost you almost need that as a teacher yeah to say yeah. i had this pain i used the practice i worked through it because the students mm. are going to come you know mm. and, and whether it happens in yoga or in life you know as you mm. mentioned you know in the if, if your shoulders got fatigued from your from your profession professional work as a hairdresser or yeah. i meet students sometimes they fall off a bicycle And then they yeah. come in with, you know, a torn rotator cuff because they were yeah. fell off a bicycle or they had a surfing accident or a skiing yeah. accident and something's with yeah. the knee. And if you don't have any ability to say, hey, we can modify, we can yeah. work through this in the practice, then it's sort of yeah. like, well, then, you know, then practice only uh, begins to be, you know, a practice for those who can do it. So we have to be able to learn how to modify and make the yeah. practice really accessible. And not let them go home and wait for yeah. six weeks. <laughs> Because I that agree. Every, yeah, I completely agree. Every injury I've had, I've continued to practice through it. Yeah. I think that yeah. they, like, in terms of exercise physiology, I, I, I was reading that if something is really acute, you mm -hmm. know, you have an impact injury that's really acute, this, you say like 24 hours of rest, yeah. depending on the person, but maximum 72 hours of rest. More yes. than that starts to start, the muscles start to atrophy and it's, yeah. it's you know, you need, you should do something of as best course. you can, but yeah. that initial period of absolute rest where maybe you're seeking treatment or something and diagnosis that, that, you know, 24 to maximum 72 hour period of rest is very, very, it's also important to think about because, you know, uh, uh but not more than that. You know? No, 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 not more than that. Because people are afraid to, to, uh, they mm -hmm. are afraid of the pain, I think. So they, they don't want to come back to the mat uh, immediately, like 24 hours after, I think, because they think they need to rest, maybe. Because no, I think it's emotional no. pain also. You know, I think yes, it's emotional yes. pain. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go back and it's going to be bad and I'm yes. not going to be able to do what I used to do. And I, I don't want to do it anymore. I mean, I meet students that they get one injury and then they quit the practice. They just, they, oh, because yeah. they take too long and then they never yeah. come back and I see them and I'm like, Hey, how are you? And they're like, Oh, I got a wrist thing. And I just haven't started practice yet again. And they mm. never really know if it's better or not. And then this emotional mm. fear kind of sets in. And so mm. I, I agree. I think get back on the mat, you know, yeah. maximum yeah. three, maximum 72 days, 72 hours, <laughs> not days. And then come back, you know, <laughs> come back and modify, do it from a chair if you need to, but keep yeah. movement and keep the continuity yeah. and the discipline 
you know? Exactly, exactly. And it goes quicker to heal because you get, you get also very much happier to work, mm-hmm. to do your practice. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I know, like last summer, I was so happy to be able to do the sun salutations and spe- especially because I had very difficulties to take my right leg forward in uh, Surya Namaskara B and I helped myself. But when I found a way to do it, I was like, yes, I can do this. I can still, yeah. co- I can still practice. Oh my God. But the, you know, the first day mm-hmm. I was crying so much. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to do my practice again. And, and then I actually, I started to think about my age and I'm never yeah. going to come back to my practice. And I, and then mm-hmm. I was like, no, stop it, Lotha. <laughs> you, it's, it's, only, it's only up to me, you know? So yeah. up to ourselves that to decide to, to do it. And then suddenly, two weeks after, I didn't need to do, use those blocks next to me mm-hmm. when I was helping myself in Itita Trikonasana, you know. But yeah. you, are, you are a bit scared, <laughs> of mm-hmm. course. But you need, or careful, I don't know, both. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, everyone goes to that feeling of, am I ever going to get better? The fear, the doubt, you know, this this really arises with, um, you know, with injury. And I think it's really an important part of the process as well of how am I going to yeah. manage these emotions? You yeah. know, am I just going to cave into them or, or how am I going to manage them? I'm going to make yeah. space for them. I'm going to continue mm-hmm. to work. And so I mm-hmm. think everybody that's had an injury, myself included, has gone through that mm-hmm. process of, yeah. you know, the tears are there, the, the yeah. sense of loss is there, the change, and then the healing comes and we come out yeah. the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And the love we feel about mm-hmm. Ashtanga Yoga. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, so Lata, I would love uh, for... Everybody who's kind of new to the practice, we are having an Ashtanga Yoga Challenge yeah. that everybody can join this yeah. month. So, absolutely. And I think we just encourage everyone who is inspired by this talk to come and join us on Instagram and follow yeah. the challenge and start practicing. Yeah. Do you have Definitely. any other tips you want to offer to everyone? Oh, I I will uh, I I will find those tips when I. When I'm not long, no, what, what I was going to say, I will um, come up with those tips when I don't talk to you anymore, because then I will find <laughs> those right. Oh, I would, I should have said that. And I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most important thing is come and join us because this is a super fun challenge and it is for both beginners and advanced and I think it's amazing hosts that are participating. And I think everyone can give everyone something new and something like, oh, I forgot that. Or, oh, that was new to me. And I think mm-hmm. it's a really good challenge to join and also to, to, to um, uh, go to OMSTARS and be a member there because there are plenty of good classes there too oh yes thank you that's awesome (laughs) well 
Uh, I think this is great. I think we've given everyone a good piece of inspiration to join the challenge. So Lata, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing this time with me. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> thank you. It was really a pleasure too. <laughs> thank you very much. Hey there, it's Kino here. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Your support and your time and your attention really mean a lot to me. If you're enjoying this podcast series, you can find the full-length videos on my online channel, OMSTARS. And that's at www.omstars.com. You can redeem a 14-day free trial and get access to our full library of over 3,000 classes and also practice yoga with me online. I'd also love to see you in class sometime. So you can find my full live in-person teaching schedule on my website, which is kinoyoga.com. And if you haven't checked out my books, I'd absolutely be honored if you'd check those out. You can find those available at any online bookseller. The Yoga Inspiration Podcast is designed to keep you inspired to get on the mat. And I hope you're leaving each episode with a little glimmer and spark of the spirit which is the true heart of the yoga method. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be filled with love. Namaste.